The Merry Beggars presents... All aboard! On the Night Train. Episode 7 Omaha So you believe us then, right Harold? These aren't accidents. You really think that- I saw the cuts myself, Rosie. The damage to the Union Pacific Bridge was no accident. That was sabotage. Yes, sabotage. It has to be. Someone is trying to make sure the night train doesn't get to Sacramento. To stop it. Wreck it? That's right. We would have crashed into the bridge if not for the lantern left behind to warn us. Whoa! And fallen into the river! Who put the lantern in front of the bridge? I don't know, Edith. Perhaps we'll find more answers when we get to Omaha. But no matter who left the lantern there, the tools in the telegram make one thing clear. Someone sawed through the struts and sways on that bridge in an attempt to stop the night train. Just like the telegram said, if through the snow, cut the struts and sways for a lamb's tongue. Now it seems like the avalanche wasn't an accident either. Edith, don't you remember? We heard a sound before the avalanche. Yes, the explosion. Remember, Harold? You thought it was just a snow moving. I remember. But it was the same sort of sound as when the boiler exploded back in Chicago. You heard an explosion before the avalanche? Yeah, that must have been what caused the avalanche. Someone exploded the snow and made it fall down on us. Dynamite or something. But why would someone do such a thing? And the sabotage to the bridge could have caused a huge accident. We, we could have died. Like the accident at Chunky Creek. Has Sam been telling you train wreck stories again? Yup. He was scared that we were going to have an accident like Chunky Creek. I have to show this telegram to Will. The telegram isn't good enough proof, Harold. If we just had the tools, then we could prove that someone had cut the bridge apart on purpose to sabotage us. That's right. The telegram isn't proof without the tools. But I need to tell him. It's better to tell him now than to withhold it. But Harold, what if Will asks where the telegram came from? Then I'll... I'll... I don't know. If we show Will the telegram... You'll have to tell him about Edith and Paul, and then he'll delay the train in Omaha to send these two back home. And the passengers will find out that they snuck on board against Pullman's orders. We didn't sneak! Were accidentally smuggled on board then. Then I'll hold on to it for now. I won't show it to Will until after Omaha. We're only a few miles outside of Omaha Station anyway. Edith and Paul will soon be back on their way home, and I can make sure they get onto the right train for Chicago, and then we can show Will the telegram. Good. That way he'll know the children are safe and headed back towards Mrs. Mallet, and the passengers will be none the wiser. So Will's job, and our jobs, will be safe. Exactly. We'll tell him as soon as we get out of the station in Omaha. But who did the sabotage? That's what I want to know. Do you think it's one of the passengers? No one would sabotage a train if they were on board it. That would be putting themselves in danger. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why anyone on or off the train would sabotage it. What doesn't make sense is how they could time all of these accidents so perfectly without a contact on the train. The Wagner train men must be sabotaging us. We're racing them after all. They want to delay us so they win! We don't know that it's the Wagner Company, Paul. I'm just saying it would kind of make sense. That would be horrible. We're racing them, but they wouldn't be that ruthless. 
They wouldn't play that dirty. It's just like back home in Chicago, when Eddie Smith tied my shoelaces together so I tripped and fell because he knew I was a faster runner than him. I would have won the race if Eddie hadn't sabotaged me. The Wagner train is like Eddie, willing to do anything to win. Calm down now. Keep your voice low, Paul. If any word of sabotage leaks out, the passengers will panic and we won't be able to keep you hidden any longer. None of us would ever get a railroad job again. Okay, Rosie, but we need to figure out who's trying to sabotage the night train. Sabotage or not, I need to get breakfast going. You three, move. It's French toast this morning and the bread was supposed to be soaking 20 minutes ago. Come on, sit down over here, Paul. Can I help? Sure, honey. Crack all these eggs for me, if you will. All of them? I can do that. Eddie Smith? That's the same last name as Kate Smith, the floofy lady. I bet you they're related. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was Mrs. Kate Smith. She loves lamb, remember, Harold? And the telegram mentions lamb. She was talking about it in the dining car yesterday. And if Eddie's related to her, then I bet she plays dirty, too. He probably learned his sabotage trick from her. Oh, Paul, it could be anyone. What about Maddie and George Crocker? Remember? They wanted to be on the night train so badly. You think Maddie Crocker sabotaged the night train? She can't keep a secret like that. She is always talking. I think Professor Dopey Dad knows enough about trains to have done it. He's always... Paul, Edith, don't be so quick to accuse. Sabotage is a very grave matter. For now, keep your voices low and your suspicions to yourself. But we gotta figure out who sent the telegram and who broke the bridge with those tools. We gotta solve the mystery soon before another sabotage happens. Maybe next time the train will actually crash. We don't have time, Paul. We're getting off the train at the next stop, Omaha. We have to leave this to Harold and Rosie. Oh, come on. How can we go back to Chicago now? Dad needs us. They're all in danger. But Mama is worried sick. We have to go home to her. She must be worried to tears. Edith's right, Paul. You're getting off this train and going home to your mother before she goes crazy with worry over her missing rascal. But we can't go back to Chicago. We don't have any money for our tickets. I will buy both of you tickets for a train back to Chicago. You won't have to be stowaways any longer after we get to Omaha. But, but the train tickets cost a lot, Harold. Don't you worry about that, Edith. We'll get you home safe and sound. We can ask Daddy to pay you back once we get to Chicago. As long as you and Edith are home safely, I'll be happy. Besides, I'm sure your dad will make things even in the end. Are you sure it's okay? Of course it's okay, Edith. We're getting you two home come hell or high water. Now, whisk up the milk and eggs while I add the honey and vanilla. Okay, got it. Where are the jars, Harold? Did you move them again? I told you to never... Oh, never mind. I found them right in front of my face. We only have a little more time on the night train then, and there's nothing I can do about it. You'll be back. I'm sure of it, Paul. We'll be pulling into Omaha in the next half an hour, and I'm going to find you two a train that's bound for Chicago as soon as we pull into the station. But, but Harold, what if they try to sabotage something else? What if you're still on the train? What if it hurts Dad? Paul, your responsibility isn't to the night train. Right now, it's to your mother. You two must get home. The night train crew will be able to handle whatever comes our way. We're going home, Paul. Home to your mother as soon as we get to Omaha, and that is that. I am glad we came on the night train for a little while, even if we had to be stowaways. 
because we met you and Harold. And we drove through an avalanche, which was cool. I just wish I could see Salt Lake and all the other sites Dad has told us so much about. I'm not ready for our adventure to come to an end. Next time, Paul. Like Harold says. Yeah, next time, I guess. Come along, you two. Let's leave Rosie in peace to manage the breakfast rush. Thank you. Thank you for your help, Eden. You're welcome. I will see you and Harold when you come back from Sacramento. Right, Rosie? You have to come visit us. That's... that's a very kind invitation, Edith. So you'll come? Mama would love you. We'd love that, Edith. So long as your parents don't think it's too much trouble. You can see the roller coaster I built in our backyard! You built a roller coaster? Yeah, it's pretty fast and you only need to push the car a little bit. Well, we'll speak to your father about it. But first, we need to get you two home. Good! I'll see you again, Edith. I promise. Oh, good. I'm going to miss you. You both have been so wonderful. Now, don't get all weepy. You've got miles to go before you're home and a whole nother train ride in front of you. Hopefully it's a little less adventurous than this one. <laughs> Take some French toast. I'll wrap it up in a napkin. Okay, thank you. We'll be in Omaha in just a few minutes. Are you two ready to go? I guess so. We don't have any luggage, that's for sure. Will we be okay taking the Omaha train alone? You won't be alone, Edith. I know a lot of porters in this city, and there'll be one or two riding at their train. They'll look after you, almost as well as Rosie has. Keep your chin up. You'll get home safe and sound. Bye, Rosie. Goodbye, Edith. Bye, Paul. Bye. Please keep an eye on the floofy lady, Rosie. Don't trust her. <laughs> I will. Come along, you two. Into the dining car. We're almost in Omaha. Here, look out of the window. You can just see the Omaha Union Station. You see it? Oh, wow. There it is. It looks a lot smaller than Chicago. That's because it is. Now, let's go on back to the lounge car. I need to help my passengers get ready for our arrival in Omaha. Where is my breakfast? George! George! There you are. George, I've been looking for you everywhere. I need your help. George? I might be of service, Professor Dopey Dad. Harold, he's not talking to you. He's looking for a George. I have a rip in my trousers, all down the side. I can help you, Professor. It does look like a bad tear. Paul, people call the porters George sometimes. Why? Porter! George! George! Yes, Mrs. Hines? Find me foot! I'm positively starving. I'll get you some breakfast, Mrs. Hines. I can't wear you? Are you a Pullman beta, little girl? I thought they had some sort of height limit. Uh, no. But I can help. I'll be right back. I can help you, Harold. I'll go and help with Mrs. Hines' breakfast. I suppose that's all right. Thank you, Edith. Of course. I'm happy to help. If I can shovel snow, I think I can handle dishes. Ooh, I want to help too. Can you give me a job, Harold? Omaha, Omaha, isn't it exciting? Can you believe the Pullman brought us here? Not now, Paul. Hang on. That's Mrs. Crocker, isn't it? We can't let her see us, Paul. Porter, my trousers. Thank you, Professor. I'll take care of these. I'd expect nothing less of Pullman. Thank you, George. Come along with me, Paul, into the lounge car. I'm sure more passengers need my help there. Okay, I can carry the pants. 
stops the night train from coming. Oh, uh, would you shine my shoes, George? That's a good fellow. Always important to have shine shoes when you step foot in a new place. Happy to, Mr. Ackerman. By George, I am delighted to be arriving in Omaha. <laughs> My derriere is sore. I could use a good stretch. He just called you George, too. Why don't the passengers just say your name? It's right there in your name tag. We already have too many Georges here between Mr. George Pullman and Mr. George Crocker. It's a, a kind of habit for them, Paul. It's something they see others doing. When I was working on the plantation in the South, I was called by the plantation owner's name. I was called Arnold then, instead of Harold. Sometimes, for some passengers, it's the same thing here. You worked on a plantation? Uh, yes. I was a slave, Paul. My family was, too. All of us were. Oh. That's horrible, Harold. How did you escape? I was 11 years old when the Civil War began. I went to Virginia and joined the Union Army as soon as I turned 15 to fight for my freedom. You fought in the Union Army? Dad did too. Well, the war ended before I saw any battles. I think it was an answer to my mother's prayer. Is that why you left the plantation? To join the Army? Yes, Paul. I left because I wanted to be somewhere new. Somewhere far away from that plantation. We all fought to free ourselves. And I wasn't about to let that go to waste. So, I took off to join the Union Army. And then, when the war ended, I set off to find work. Like being a porter? Yes. Being a porter is the best job a man like me can get right now. It's work for a free man. I don't take it for granted. It isn't right for people to call me George. It's rude, disrespectful, and it makes your father furious. But this job, unlike that plantation, this is work that's fit for a free man. I'd hate it if somebody called me by the wrong name. I like my name. Well, I don't like it either, Paul. Your dad tries to help by giving us name tags with our Christian names, but most of the passengers don't pay attention to them. They're being insulting. None of them even said please when they asked you to do all these favors for them. Paul, it's part of the job to no, serve the- No, it's not right. They should get a punishment. Can I go tell Rudy and Professor Dopey that to stop calling you George? Mr. Harold Milton is a good name. Dad said you should learn people's names and treat them with respect. These people are too lazy to read your name tag. I'm going to make them stop it. <laughs> All right now, you little firecracker. <laughs> Calm down. Your dad is right. Maybe you're right too. But pick your battles. If you go starting all these fights, I'll lose my job, and then where would I be? One step at a time, little man. One step at a time. Okay, but I'm talking to Dad about this after. And Mr. Pullman, too. Okay. And maybe Mr. Pullman will listen to you. But for most passengers, they hear someone else call the porters George and assume that that's just how it's done on Pullman trains. Doesn't make it right, but that's just how it is. And you know my name. Your sister knows my name. So you keep on using it. And maybe it'll catch on. If you say so. But I don't know how you stand it. Well, you show your dignity to the world through your life. Through discipline and dedication to your work. Through how you love your family, carry yourself as a gentleman, remind people of your name. And slowly, everyone around you starts to take notice. And you know who your friends are. You're my friend, aren't you, Paul? Yes. Well, that's a good start then. Now come along. We're about to roll into Omaha. 
follow me. Mr. Ackerman wanted his shoes shined, and my shoe black and rags at the back of the car in a little cabin. Shoe black? I know how to shine shoes. Dad taught me. Let me help you, Harold. I can do that for you. <coughs> okay, Paul. Uh, just be sure to do it well. Mr. Ackerman gets really upset if I miss a spot. The shoe black and rags are in that cabinet right there. Got it. You take care of Rudy's shoes, and I'll take care of Mr. Dopey Dad's pants. Quite a rip he has here. I gave Mrs. Hines her breakfast. What are you doing here? Are you sewing, Harold? That I am. Look, Edie, I'm shining Rudy Ackerman's shoes, just like Daddy taught me to when I had my first communion. I had to shine up my mass shoes. Now I just need to learn to sew, and maybe I could be a porter. I thought you wanted to be a conductor. Well, maybe I'll be both, Edith. They'll just have to call me Paul. If anyone calls me George, well, they'll regret it. I'll make sure of that. <laughs> I don't think that'll be a problem, Paul. Go to the window. We're pulling into the station now. It's Omaha, Nebraska. Wow, we made it. It's so, so flat here. I don't see any buildings more than one story high. I'm glad to see we've gotten away from the snowstorm. That's good. Just slush and overcast skies. Welcome to Omaha, the gateway of the West. Hurrah! Hurrah for Omaha! Three cheers! Yes, yes, very exciting, everyone, isn't it? Lewis and Clark visited here in 1804 on their historic journey across the United States. Nebraska became a state in 1867. 1867? This is the year you were born. Edith, you're the same age as Nebraska. I didn't know that. It's brand new compared to Illinois and Virginia. As you know, the night train is the first passenger train to attempt the transcontinental journey from Chicago to Sacramento. But we are not the only train attempting this. While we journey along the Union Pacific track, Webster Wagner's Midnight Express is driving along the Kansas Pacific route south of us. Any updates on the race, Sam? Wagner is hot on our heels. Due to the unfortunate delays we experienced on this first leg of our trip, we have lost the lead we had by leaving before Wagner. To make up for this, we are going to shorten our stop in Omaha, halting our journey just long enough to get coal and grocery supplies. We will leave in one hour, precisely at noon. Harold, will there be enough time to find a train back to Chicago? Oh, I think so. Excuse me, excuse me. Are you saying there won't be any dancing or any ceremonies? What about the guided tour through this landmark railroad city? My book won't write itself. My college demands that there be original research in it. Unfortunately, thanks to the delays we experienced, we have had to cancel all of those events. Sabotage! Don't use that word around here, Paul. Balderdash. These museums are world famous and I need to see them. Please be on board with time to spare. There is no time to waste in this race. Remember, the train leaves at noon. Make sure you are back on the train by noon or you will be left behind. If you need me, I will be on the station platform. Enjoy your time in Omaha, Nebraska, everyone. I thought we were going to be at the station longer. It should be enough time, though. So long as the trains headed east are running on schedule, we should be able to find you a train home to Chicago. It'll be good to get back to Mama. 
I wonder what she's been doing all this time. We'll find out soon enough. All right, time to go. I do wish I had another dress to change into. I've worn this one two days in a row. No one notices, Edith. I notice, and anyone who looks at you would notice. You've got hot chocolate stains on your sleeves. At least button up your coat, Paul. I don't want you to catch a cold. All right, step back, everyone. Just a step while I open the lounge car door. Omaha waits. Step back, Paul. Welcome to Nebraska, ladies and gentlemen. Wow! Omaha! Mrs. Smith, may I help you down these steps and into Omaha Union Station? Yes, please, sir. Eek! It's freezing. I said, too. Watch a step, Edith. Do you need a hand? No, thank you. I can manage the steps on my own. And now you, Paul. Come on, out of the lounge car. Wow! Wow! This station is huge! There are one, two, three, seven whole sets of tracks? Thirteen tracks, Paul. This is one of the most important cities along the Transcontinental Railroad. Wow! Where did the city go? I can't see anything but trains and tracks. Moving, children. I have got places to be. Uh, telegrams to send. Adult things. Move out of the way. Oh, sorry. I can't believe it. We're in Nebraska. It's a whole new baby state. The air even feels different here. Yeah, it feels so cold. I meant the air feels fresher. Edith, you're silly. It's the same as Illinois. It's just got more railroads and less tall buildings. I can taste the newness. You can't taste newness. I can. User, George, Porter, come and take my bags off the night train. His name is Harold. Hmm? What was it? Ma'am, I promise you, your bags will be safe on the train while you explore Omaha. Might I bring them back to your roomette? That way you won't have to carry that heavy trunk all over Omaha. I will not be returning to this cursed locomotive boy. I am going back home. Help me with my bags, George. Snake's alive! Mr. Pullman won't be happy about passengers leaving before they even get to California. I wish we could stay on the train longer. I do too, Paul. But we have even more important things to think about. Do you think anybody here in Omaha knows about the broken bridge? Or knows who left the lantern to warn us? I hope so. We've got to figure it out very soon or else the train will keep having accidents. Or worse. Worse? What if they sabotage the train again and this time they wreck the whole thing? That's my point. We have to stay on longer and help Dad. I wish we could, Paul. Your luggage is now on the platform, Mrs. Hines. Would there be anything else? The ketchup? Do you have all the ketchup? Yes, ma'am. But are you sure you want to leave so soon, Mrs. Hines? My hat box! Where is my hat box? I have it right here, ma'am. The journey is still early on. Is there anything I can do for you to stay? Absolutely nothing! Conductor! Conductor! Yes, ma'am? I want to leave the night train now. When is the next train to Chicago? Why are you leaving, Mrs. Hines? Pullman is neither safe nor dependable, and I will not waste a fortnight dallying about the godforsaken Great Plains on such an unpredictable train. My son's ketchup can rot. When is the next train to Chicago? 
If you must go, I'm afraid you'll have to wait a little while. The mail train came in last night from Chicago, but it left an hour ago. The next Chicago-bound train won't leave until January 3rd, tomorrow. Oh no! January 3rd? You mean there are no trains leaving today? That can't be right. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Wait, so we have to stay on the night train? Who are these small people? And why are you babbling? We're the Stalwards. Stalwood? Where are your parents? Our, our parents? Yes, your parents. Don't you have parents? You know, where you came from and all that. They met, fell in love, and then where? Where are your parents? Why aren't they watching you? Oh, we're just waiting here with Harold. He's taking care of us. The children are taken care of, Mrs. Hines. Nothing to worry about. To answer your question, there is no train to Chicago until tomorrow, and there is no chance that there will be one any sooner. And even then, I cannot guarantee that there will be any room for you on that train. Speak with the dispatcher in the station house if you would like more details on the eastern-bound train timetables. No room? You mean there is no way for me to start back to Chicago today? I'm stuck in this icy, slushy, freezing Nebraskan outpost? Yes. This service is horrible. Pullman promised my... Won't someone help me? What are we going to do? I, I don't know. I want to go back to Chicago. I'm entitled to go back to Chicago. Who here can arrange that for me? Ma'am... I'd suggest you speak with Rudy Ackerman. He's the Pullman advertiser and the representative on board. I know who that boy is. Yabbering on about how great Pullman is. If his eyes weren't so beady, I'd say he was blind. Imagine riding on this train and thinking that Pullman trains were anything but a nightmarish fever dream. Wonderful. I'm so glad you know who Mr. Ackerman is. I suggest you speak with him. He could book you a room in a nearby tavern. A tavern? Doesn't this city have a hotel? I'm afraid not, ma'am. I told Henry this was an awful idea. A tavern? I'm going to be stuck selling ketchup in Omaha. Thank God my husband isn't alive to see this. Indeed, Mrs. Hines. What, may I ask, is this tavern called? Harold, do you know? I believe it's the Tipsy Cow, ma'am. The tipsy what? Surely you must be joking. I'm afraid not, ma'am. Good day, Mrs. Hines. I hope you find better hospitality at the tipsy cow than we were able to provide you on the night train. What absolute puppycock! George Pullman will hear about this. And serve in all of Chicago and New York when I'm done. Safe and reliable, my foot. If I survive this tavern experience, this tipsy cow, I will forever be a Wagner customer when I travel. Anything but Pullman. Goodbye, ma'am. And safe travels to you. I hope the cow is suitable. There aren't any trains to Chicago until tomorrow? That means we have to stay in Omaha all by ourselves. We could stay at the Tipsy Cow with Mrs. Hines. I've never been to a tavern before. We missed the last train by an hour. One hour! Because of the sabotage. Shh! We're still in public, Edith. Pullman is jealous enough as it is about his reputation without starting rumors of sabotage. That would only cause a panic. We'd all lose our jobs. 
So we're stuck here in Omaha until tomorrow? Harold, what can we possibly do? We need to get back to Mama. I suppose I could get you a room at the Tips of Cow. I know some porters here in Omaha. They'd look after you until you can catch your train tomorrow. That might work. Where do we get our tickets? I'll buy your tickets at the station house. After that, we'll see about getting you a room at the Tipsy Cow. I want a big room at the Tipsy Cow. A big fat bed with lots of pillows. I haven't slept in a bed since Wednesday. It's only been two nights, Paul. Well, you'll be back home in your beds before you know it. I just need to go down to the station dispatcher and get your tickets for tomorrow's train to Chicago. And then I'll book your room at the Tipsy Cow. I'll have to hurry. George! George! Come quick! I need you! Harold! His name is Harold! Be quiet, Paul. It's Maddie Crocker. She can't see us here. She knows us. She told Dad that we're here. George! I have to go see what Mrs. Crocker needs. Boy, I wish this stop were longer. Will you have enough time for everything? We normally have six or eight hours at each stop. I'm not used to a rush like this. The maintenance to the engine, loading the groceries. It all takes time. Plus, I have a delivery I have to make to the Pullman Club. Pullman Club? What's a Pullman Club? Don't you remember? It's where all the porters go. That's right, Edith. It's a place where porters stay between train trips when they're away from home. It's a place for sharing news and passing along books, letters from home, and new job openings. And there's always good food, singing, and card games. Can we go see it? Harold, what can we help you with? George! George! I must go see what Mrs. Crocker needs. I don't think she needs you. She's calling for her husband, George. Your name is Harold. All the passengers call all the porters George, Edith. That's awful. It's a dumb bad habit they have, and I'm going to talk to Mr. Pullman about it. I knew I didn't like Mrs. Crocker for a reason. Edith, Paul, I have to go now. You two stay near this train. Harold, are you sure there isn't anything we can do for you? You have so much to do. Can't we do something to help? George, I need your help with this ridiculous basket! Yes. Yes, you can. Thank you. Would you take this paper drop to the Pullman Club? It's right next to the station. If you deliver these papers, that would be a great help. I should have enough time to do everything then. Yes! What's up, paper drop? When I stop in any town, I make a paper drop to the local porters. Letters, magazines, books, newspapers, that sort of thing. Would you deliver it for me? It shouldn't take you more than 20 minutes. Of course. Here it is. Tell them Harold sent these from the night train and make sure you come right back to the station so I can give you your tickets home. I can keep track of the time with the watch Sam gave me, Harold. That's good, Paul. How do we find the Pullman Club? Look towards the end of the luggage car on the night train. Uh-huh. Do you see those stairs just past the luggage car beside the station house? Yep. Now listen carefully. Go up those stairs and you'll be on the second level of Omaha Union Station. Now those stairs lead up to a bridge that goes all the way across the train tracks. Cross that bridge and you'll be on the main street. The Pullman Club is right next to the grocery store on the left, just a little down Main Street. Wow! I've never seen trains from above before. We go up on that bridge that stretches over all the train tracks? Yes, that's the way into Omaha City. You have to go across the bridge, over the train tracks, and onto Main Street. George! Has anyone seen a porter here? Where are they? Whoa, I'm gonna get to see 13 train tracks from up high? 
Wow! I'm excited to see the Pullman Club. This is just a bundle of old newspapers and magazines. What's so important about it? Where did you get all of these, Harold? George! Porter! Where are you? Take it, Edith. I'll explain and answer all your questions after. But go quickly, before Maddie sees you. And be sure to come right back here. I'll have the Chicago tickets for both of you. Let's go to the Pullman Club. Mrs. Crocker, I'm right here. How may I help you? Where is the nearest ladies' fashion store? I need another dress. These delays have completely ruined my laundry cycle. I'm not sure that I can be of Maddie, I can help you, dear. There is a newfangled shop here called The Fair. It's high fashion. I'll take you there immediately. Come on, Edith, this way. Slow down, Paul. She can't see us now. And if we keep running, we'll just attract more attention. We can walk the rest of the way. Okay. Oh, I can't wait to be home again. Please, God, let there be another train to take us home. I don't know, Edie. I kind of like the adventure. But Mama has to be worried sick about us. I hope she's not too worried. Oh, look. There's Sam by the luggage car. I wonder what a conductor does at the train stops. Sam! Sam! Paul! We can't talk to him. We need to get to the Pullman Club and then straight back to the night train. We don't have much time. We have plenty of time, a whole hour. Come on! Sam! Sam! The night train arrived in Omaha at 9.07 a.m. The official time for the night train is 37 hours from Chicago to Omaha, 466 miles. We were delayed due to a boiler equipment malfunction detected by Pullman's strict safety standards, an avalanche, and damage on the Union Pacific Bridge. Damage on the bridge? What do you mean? The struts and sways at the front of the Union Pacific Bridge had fallen down, blocking the entrance. Thankfully, someone left a lantern there to warn oncoming trains of the obstacle. And in any case, the passengers were never in any danger. Well, that's sure good to hear. Yes. Pullman is safe and reliable. To make up for these delays, we will be cutting our tourist stop in Omaha short and going on to Cheyenne as quickly as possible. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. That's all I need. I won't take up any more of your time. I know you're on a very tight schedule. Pullman runs a tight ship. I wouldn't want to work for anyone else. He values safety, reliability, and excellence above all else. You can quote me on that. I'll add that to your statement for the article. Good day, Mr. Lewis. Sam, hi! Oh, oh, is that Paul Stoutward? Yeah, Mr. Stoutward, at your service. Can I help you with anything? I've been keeping good track of time with your watch, but we're getting on a train to Chicago from here, so I won't get to ride on the night train anymore. Yes, so sorry you have to leave us, but I hope you've enjoyed your journey more than Mrs. Hines. Too bad you can't stay any longer. I'm afraid you have to go back to your mother, Paul. We can't keep having stowaways on the night train. It's a liability, actually. Okay, but is there anything we can help with before we go? No, Paul. You and your sister take care of yourselves. I have enough to worry about without- I don't care about regulations. If I'm going to be in Sacramento, I need a new dress and my money is in my luggage. George, George, where is the conductor? Oh dear. Has anyone seen the conductor? A tall, strange-looking man with a limp mustache? Where is he? I demand his presence. Wonderful. Coming, coming. Are you sure we can't help? Fine, 
take this bundle of telegrams to the telegraph office at the end of the platform, okay? Yeah, I can do that. It needs to be done immediately. You hear me? Paul, we already have a job we have to do for Harold. We don't have we time. We can do this first. I see a sign for the telegraph office just before the bridge. I... I guess so. I just don't want to be late. You'll have ample time. This is very important. Got it, Sam. And I'll bring back your watch as soon as we're finished delivering the telegrams and the paper drop at the Pullman Club. I see that Harold has put you to work as well. Yep, we're doing important work for both of you. That's fine. Thank you, Paul. This is a big responsibility. What do we have to do with the telegrams? Just go to the telegram office right up ahead and give them to the operator. Conductor! George is being of no help! I need you! As you can clearly see, I don't have time to wait in line at the telegraph office. This bag has all the telegrams the night train passengers gave me to send. Oh, so that's how passengers send telegrams from the night train. Wow, I'd love to do that. Just go inside the station house straight ahead up the stairs and hand this bag to the operator. Yes, sir. Gotta keep the Pullman promise. Conductor! Conductor! You'll make a great conductor one day, Paul. Ma'am? Yes, I'm right here, ma'am. I want to be the best conductor ever. Let's go, Edith. Slow down a bit, Paul. Edith, we can slow down after our adventure is over. Come on, the station house is right here. Wait up, Paul. Ah, it's good to be out of the wind. It's still pretty cold. My ears are cold. I like the Chicago Depot better than this. I know where everything is there, and the floor doesn't creak and squeal. There's the telegraph office. It's that little window over there that Professor Dopey Dad is standing at. I hope he doesn't take too long sending his telegram. Yes, and what should the message say, sir? Oh, oh, uh, let me think for a moment. Uh, uh... Why didn't Dopey Dad just give Sam his pre-written telegram like everybody else? We could have dropped his telegram off with the others and started for the Pullman Club already. Uh, just say... Minor setback. They continue without pause. Your patience will be rewarded. Have faith in my plot. I wonder who he's sending that to. I just hope he hurries up. We have to make our paper drop. <clears throat> Do I have this right? Minor setback. Stop. They are continuing without pause. Stop. Your patience will be rewarded. Stop. Have faith in my plot. Stop. Yes, yes, precisely. Wonderful. That will be all. Thank you. Paul, does that sound suspicious to you? Huh? Did you just hear the telegram Professor Dopey Dad sent? He used the word plot. I think he might be the one who is trying to stop the night train. He could have sent the other telegram we found by the Union Pacific Bridge. That one said, if through the snow, cut struts and swathes for a lamb's tongue. Whoever wrote it likes lamb. And Dopey Dad doesn't talk about lamb, Edith. That wouldn't make sense. It's the floofy lady, I'm telling you. It could be a secret code. Come on, Dopey Dad's gone. Hi, uh, Mr. Operator. We have telegrams from the night train. Mr. Sam Lewis, the conductor, sent me to give them to you. Mr. Sam Lewis? Ho, ho, you're from the Pullman night train, aren't you? Yes, we're from the night train. Well, glad you made it here safely. I've heard you've had quite the string of bad luck. 
And these are the telegrams. Thank you. Just one moment. Yes. Yes, this all looks in order. Okay, thank you. Bye. Come on, Edith, to the Pullman Club. Don't have much time. Wow, this wind is the worst. Now we've got to find the Pullman Club. Come on, Edith. Up these stairs is a great view of the night dream from above. We don't have time for that, Paul. We need to deliver the paper drop. Well, we have to go over the bridge anyways. We'll just take a look on our way. From there, we'll get on Main Street and look for the Pullman Club. Yes, next door to the grocery store. Professor Dopey Dad said your patience will be rewarded. Have faith in my plot. Doesn't that sound suspicious? He must be plotting the sabotage. But he doesn't like lamb. The floofy lady likes lamb. Paul, you're impossible. It's the floofy lady, Edith. She's a smith. What does that have to do with Dopey Dad not being a suspect? Remember Eddie Smith? He sabotaged my shoelaces when we were racing. I bet you they're related. Maybe the floofy lady is his second cousin, or grandmother, or great-great-aunt. Paul, why would the floofy lady sabotage the night train? Like I've said before, She's on the night train. Why would Dopey Dad? He's on the night train too. I, I don't know. Maybe he works for Wagner. Or maybe he just hates trains. Or, or, oh, Paul, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out, just like you. I don't think Professor Dopey Dad could have started the avalanche. He was on the train with us the whole time. Just like the Fluvy Lady. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Either one of them could have had an accomplice. Whoa. Edith, come over to the edge of the bridge. You can look down and see the top of all the train engines. Look, there's the night train engine. Why would Dopey Dad send such a strange telegram if he wasn't guilty? Look, Edith, the night train crew is right below us. Wow, I think they're loading groceries onto the kitchen car. Maybe Dopey Dad thought his telegram message was so important that he didn't want to hand it to Sam. Maybe he wanted to keep it a secret. Why would he want to wreck the night train in the first place? Ha! Do you see that? There are a bunch of chickens in that train car. I wonder if they have chicken tickets for the night train. If the night train never gets to Sacramento, Professor Dopey Dad doesn't have anything to write about in his book. Paul, do you think he's actually writing a book? The trains look amazing from up above. Look, Edith, look at all the smoke. Paul, listen to me. This is important. Do you think the book writing thing is just pretend? Maybe Professor Dopey Dad is lying. Edith, Edith, look down at the platform next to the night train. Pay attention, Paul. I think Dopey Dad is a real suspect. Edith, look, Edith, Edith. Paul, I'm trying to talk to you. Edith, I see Mama. What? Look down next to the night train. I see Mama on the platform. She's right there. What? That's impossible. She's in Chicago. She can't be here. We're hundreds of miles away from home. It's impossible for her to be here. But she is right there. Mama, there's Mama. Mama! 